Let's get right into it. The tax bill. <laughs> Didn't think you were going to start there, but okay. If you want, I can like I can make a joke pretending to not know about hockey if that makes it easier. I feel like we've done that one before. And we don't we don't ever we don't ever repeat ourselves on this show. That never happens. <laughs> no. I haven't listened to last week's episode and I probably won't. But I <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know my in photography, there's the rule of thirds. I have the rule of six, where I listen to one at every every six episodes of the yeah, show. Your your quali- quality control. Yeah, it's like Lucy and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good episode. Okay, so do you want to start with Walmart or do you want to start with Apple? Let's start with Walmart. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. And and I and I give you the right to cut this out. This ends up being crap, but I don't think it will be. How dumb do you think the president and most companies think Americans are? I I don't think dumb is the word that I would use here. It it really is more about I just a lot of people I think focus on headlines and bylines and maybe the first paragraph of something. And I just especially in the environment we're in today where news is moving so quickly and there's so much happening the stuff that has the best chance of sticking are those things that have the flashy headline or the meaty first paragraph. And I think things like Walmart are a good example of that. So it's not preying so much on people's intelligence. It's preying on people's attention spans. And I, and I, I would attribute most of that not to individual abilities of people, but rather just, again, the crazy fast-paced news environment that we live in today well i mean i get i get that but i mean it's more of the way that a lot of the companies in response to the sweeping changes in the corporate tax structure how they're only highlighting very very small parts of the story so like i mean within walmart they are raising wages and they're giving bonuses that that is the headline, as you you're to say, but when you actually look at it, they're raising wages by a dollar in uh, an economy where we're kind of nearing full employment, and it's kind of harder to hire people in different parts of the country. Target is already paying the same wage, so it's something that's going to kind of happen anyway. So that's not actually that notable. And the bonus side of the equation has a ton of restrictions and on on things, so. Very, very, very few people actually end up qualifying for whatever the full $1,000 bonus thing is. But then later that same day, they go and close 60 Sam's Club stores, which probably pays for everything in the aforementioned positive news. And much of the positive result is something that would have happened anyway. So I guess I just don't... don't... Well, I mean, so think back to the transition period. Remember there was the the big um, press conference that President Trump had at the, what was the name of that? The factory? carrier plant. The carrier mm-hmm. plant. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminds me a lot of that. Well, but the, the follow-up or the turns out there is, didn't they end up eliminating like 600 jobs anyway? Well, they did, but... I go back to my original point that there was this big, flashy headline. That's the part that stuck. But then the 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 details, the stuff in the weeds or the stuff that came later that didn't have that same flashy headline, 
didn't stick and kind of got swept under the rug. But in this case, the Walmart thing, the the second half was literally the same day. I I just like all the positive stuff, and the same thing happened with AT and T, where they uh, announced they were Com- giving, Comcast I, too, right? Yeah, like AT and T was giving bonuses or was doing something like that, and then uh, within a week before the end of the year, they they laid off like two thousand people on the Directv division. So, I mean, sure, they're getting the headlines and any expense they're spending on uh, adding to the labor costs to try to, like, sell this good news story. Like, doesn't that end up just being a marketing expense in an effort, a marketing or a lobbying expense in order to get a really hefty tax cut? Exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll link to this Paul Krugman tweet storm, hmm. which, well, okay. I mean, if you, if you I, no, no, to no, no, me... No. No, no, I think he's right. Yeah. I just uh, think he, 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 Paul carries kind of a lot of baggage or pe- like he's a very, very polarizing. Sure. Well, figure. I mean, he, he is, <laughs> he's, he's a liberal and he's not ashamed about it. But I, th- I think in, in this particular case, he summarizes this better than I could. And I'll read just a little bit of it saying, uh, so wage hike and wage hike announcements are what we could expect, what we would expect rather to, Jeez, let's let's try this again. So, wage hike announcements are what we would expect to see regardless of tax cut. Indeed, Walmart has been raising wages for several years, but there's an obvious incentive for corporations to give tax cut credit for wage hikes they would have done anyway. And of exactly. course, that that's you know curry curry favor with the with the current administration. Mm-hmm. And that's you know maybe maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves with where you want to take this conversation, but. You know that's that's the part that I struggle with the most, um, and I think you know, we know when you and I were were talking offline about this, I think you made a point about you know I, it's hard to say how many people fall into this category, um, but I don't know my my um, anger towards them, regardless of their numbers, doesn't change much, which is or which are people who you know on the on the surface say they oppose Trump and everything that he stands for, yet they applaud and support this tax plan. Like the, it's one thing when you have minor disagreements with a politician and you can sort of carve out a piece of their platform that you agree with and then you carve out other areas that you, again, maybe around the edges have disagreements with. But when you support someone who is a racist who puts our country in danger every single day he's in office all so that you can get your 20 percent tax cut or whatever your situation is that i mean that's that's really really upsetting so i get that and i want to clear i I, i'm going to ask for clarification from you Are, are you talking about elected officials are you talking about ceos are you talking about regular people regular voters all the above anyone who felt like a president like Trump would sign tax cuts and they put their support behind him because of that and sort of just pretended like everything else didn't exist. So so we discuss yeah again we we discussed this like uh, offline online where uh, but I just don't think that's necessarily true or or that that those bases of support like those things don't intersect in 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 the graph like the the CEOs who are going to to play the the Tim Cook the Tim Cook bullshit role where they will participate in councils and do all this stuff because they want 
that change in tax policy, like those people are a very small part of the electorate. And I think a lot of people who are the people who voted for him in poorer areas, I don't think they really thought that tax reform was a key issue for them. I think it's more of the the alleged job creation, the economic protectionism, and that kind of stuff. So at that point, then it basically comes down to politicians. And do you think there's a lot of people who tax reform is their only issue? Like, I think there's a lot of people who are willing to overlook so much of the terrible person and, and, and the horrible racist uh, that he is. But I don't think it's I don't think it comes simply down to tax reform. Well, but I think you're forgetting another important group of people, which are donors. And that 538 has done a really nice job covering this, Nate Silver in particular, where I think there are a lot of Republicans that supported this tax reform because this is what their wealthy donors wanted. And that's that's an important factor. Most definitely. But again, I don't think it's just tax reform. I think these are people who do want to cut down on entitlements. They want to dismantle uh, any 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 moves towards perfunctory or to to mandatory healthcare, whether it's government provided or mandated uh, through like some private exchange or uh, immigrant, like all of these things. I don't think anybody is on the side of let's tolerate Trump because we're going to get corporate tax cuts. See, I well, so I was going to agree with you until that last statement. I mean, I maybe I'm overstating things a little bit in the sense that I don't mean to imply that these people are it literally taxes are the one and only thing they care about. I think you're right in that there are deregulation factors and changes in the social safety net that they also probably agree with and which are in a lot of ways equally repulsive, but we don't need to go down that route. But I I do think that there is some number of people out there, and again, maybe the numbers aren't large, but these are influential people. They are the people you've pointed out. They're they're elected officials, they're executives, and they're also donors, which I, again I think is a really important piece to this too. Where tax cuts, I'm not going to call it tax reform. That's ridiculous. Tax cuts, if it's on a postcard, <laughs> are the number one issue for them or the number one thing that they're concerned about. And so it, to be able to put that ahead of everything else, again, I just, I really, I, I really struggle with that. And, I, you know, I like, you know, Tim Cook as the example here to try to somehow tie this into our show. Well, no, yeah, let's, 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 let's go there. So like that, that is the intersection of where this isn't just like vague like business talk. Like it, 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 Apple is one of the most frustrating parts of this, based off all the news that came today. Right. So, it, sorry, did you have a final part uh, part to that? No, no. Okay. Like, I'm just I'm all I'm all hot and bothered now. Oh, that's a weird term. Okay. <laughs> oh. Sorry. That is the most compelling argument you made to cut this out. Uh, but we're not, we're not going to do that. No. Okay. No, no. Um. But, but like, but Apple's this. Uh, this part's pissing me off. So, like, I, I'm not some type of idealist, or like, I, I am definitely a capitalist. I, agree, I, I you got to sell more stuff. You got to, you got to make more widgets. You got, you got to, you got to move the stuff. You got to, you got to get iPhones into baby's hands. You got, you got to do all that. But like, I always thought that Tim Cook, like as a person, was better than a lot of what's going on right now. Like, I know he's a shrewd businessman. He was a super, super successful operations guy. 
he was not instrumental, but he was a very, very important factor in scaling Apple up to what he uh, to what it is. Um, he is the CEO, a CEO and a head of a company has a implied obligation to build shareholder value. Like I'm sure that he lobbied hard as hell to get the tax bill passed and to, you know, remove all the job killing, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit. But like what he and Apple are doing right now is just like such obvious pandering to an audience of one that I have a lot of difficulty with right now. And I want to know if you feel the same. Am I being irrational or what, what is? So I, I feel totally the same in the sense that, again, going back to sort of my original point here where, and again, you, you, I think you can make an argument that maybe I'm being unfair, but I just don't, like, I can't reconcile in my head how you can go along with the, this, these tax cuts and then be opposed to everything else. Like, I, I just, I get that the, the, they're separate issues, but I just don't see how you can carve them out where you support like with me, you either support Trump or you don't. I he you just you don't get to you don't get to carve out this one piece you like and then dismiss the rest. And it just I don't know. Like I with Tim Cook in particular, like you want to believe that he's someone who really is standing up against these other issues, and I I, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he has. I think with like. With, with DACA, with the Paris Climate Accord, I think he's he has been very vocal. But like, I just I feel like I feel like this this support of this tax policy just it it diminishes a lot of that other work that he's done. So it most definitely does, but I think you're giving him more credit than he deserves. So because when he agreed to participate in the what was it? The president? Is it was it just called the Economic Council? What was the thing when they he and Jeff Bezos looked really sad at the table? <laughs> it, it's yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. So sure, like, but I think he's been playing along for a long time. It, and again, as as a CEO of a really profitable company that has tons of revenue and has been having to, or not has been having to. Sorry, that wow, that's a really. We're both we're we're both we're both having some trouble here. Well, no, no, like I think I was that was super accurate, but like. Uh, <sighs> That a company feels compelled to, not that they have to, store money overseas due to not wanting to pay the sales tax or the 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 income taxes that those funds should be subject to. Like he, he you you have the the obligation as a CEO to to make sure you're optimizing all that kind of stuff and that you're not paying a pay. What, what's the whole thing that Mitt Romney used to say? I don't pay more than a cent of uh, income tax, and I absolutely have to, or some bullshit like that. Like that is his role. Everything else, like he doesn't get to play along with it and write this gl glowing letter about how they're going to, uh, that Apple is going to increase its contribution to the U.S. economy, which is such a troubling or just like such a weird fucking phrase uh, over the next five years, and like and then have all these idealistic liberal uh, like uh, side dishes. Like he doesn't, you don't get to. Um, donate two million here and two million there to offset all the other shit that you're complicit with or that you're on board with. It, exactly. That's yeah. You nailed. You nailed exactly what I'm trying to get at. 
Well, it, it just in the same way that Walmart vague, like mildly increasing wages, which they would have had to do had done anyway to stay competitive. Like that, that's a marketing expense. That's that's not really a labor expense because you just have to do that. Right, and and to to not only do that, and this is this is both with Apple and Walmart to not only do it, but then to to do it in the way that they did, where they put out these big press releases. Tim Cook has a photo of him standing in a ditch in a we'll get suit. To that. We'll get to that. <laughs> and like, it's uh, it, it's it's doing everything in the worst possible way. You like, thought he was it, above that, right? Like this would be this would be an issue that would get me upset even if it was all happening behind the scenes and we sort of just heard things like leaking out but to do all of this in such a public way is mm -hmm. it's it's again it's really upsetting yeah, it, 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 and it's just entirely pandering yeah and I, I mean i think i didn't i just an episode or two ago go on about how i like believed that apple meant well and that they I think I asked you, are were they an exceptional company or yes. is every other company? And uh, bless your heart. Yeah, uh. like because that's the thing. I don't. Th I, 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 and I I've been on the uh, more pessimistic Apple train for a while, but like this, just this, the, the, yeah, yeah. Tim Cook doing the whole Michael uh, George Senior uh, Bluth thing, like of doing the fucking ribbon, not ribbon cutting, like the groundbreaking ceremony with a, with a, with a shovel. Next is Angela Aaron's there too. Who who's next to him? I, I don't know who the people next to him are. I think one's probably the governor of Nevada or something. And then, yeah, the, and then um, the mayor. Oh, never mind. Okay. Of Reno. America's uh, biggest little city. Is that what it is? I thought that was Laughlin. Is what's, that Reno? What's that? That's the lady from Full House. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, what is... No, we're not, we're not getting sidetracked. Um, yeah, that just seemed like... Uh, I I always thought... And this 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 is just side information like this has nothing to do with anything i always thought that tim cook was a kind of like a reserved guy who didn't really love the public spotlight and like that's why he kind of you know he just he does the introductions on keynotes and then just gets gets the fuck out of the way and and that's good because you you as as a good leader you let the people who are most qualified to do something shine and you do what you can to enable them to succeed but like really posing for a photo op in uh, a, a nice suit with with a shovel like all just because you hope that that's one of the few things they print out and shove in front of the president while he's drinking a Diet Coke. Mm -hmm. So Apple, a lot a lot of this is that they're able... Uh, well, that was the big news of the day, or part of it, is that they're going to repatriate most of their offshore cash holdings, which I think is like right now, like almost... It's like 250 or $300 billion. Um, and I think... Th I haven't looked it up. I think the tax bill means that's going to be taxed at like this like amnesty rate of like 15 percent and then stuff that isn't pure cash that you have to liquidate is like seven percent something, something like, like that. that yeah yeah but it's, it's just it's, it's, it's just a lot of bullshit like because with so if you go to the so the other part of this is that apple is going to pay um everybody but like the super uh, senior leadership uh, a twenty five hundred dollar uh stock grant slash bonus thing right which is which is good but like uh, apple has some of the largest margins in the consumer electronics industry they could raise wages offer more competitive pay and add jobs anytime they want they like there's no solid concrete evidence 
that most of these jobs were going to be created, like that they weren't going to be created anyway, as the company continues to grow. Cause they, like they haven't had a, other than the iPad, like they haven't had a contracting quarter on like iOS device sales, have they? Um, well, the, the iPhone dropped at least year over year, right? When you think about the, Oh, did actual unit sales drop? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. From the six okay, to but, the but they're, they're still they're still making a shit ton of money. So, as a growing company, the whole thing when you're able to throw out these lofty numbers of you're going to create twenty thousand jobs and then you're going to open up new data centers, you're going to do all this, this stuff. You have more data to store. You need more. Like the again, it's 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 marketing, and you're just reframing stuff that was already going to happen because you're a business, and part of those business operations require growth. And uh, anyway, but yeah, going to back, uh, I have one last, I made some scratch notes. Uh, like the thing with, with, um, oh, so yeah, this was the other thing when I was, we were talking about like stagnant wage growth, uh, based off the, the thing Paul wrote, like that seems complicated as well because like we're almost at full employment because of the Obama recovery. And wages haven't risen, but that's mainly because corporations don't want to pay more. And up till now, they have been forced to pay more because of like the dynamics of the job uh, market. Like uh, being part-time employed still counts as full employment, does it not? In the labor statistics, I I think so. Yes. Like it's basically just like, do are you currently looking for work? Do you have a job? Do you not have a job? Right. Yes. So. Like wages aren't going up because like so many companies are just choosing to employ people part time, like that. That's so much of it. You you see, like I know a lot of it. Like we're our view is a little bit warped because like it's the Bay Area and everything's so expensive. But like a lot of people are having to like drive for Uber and do and like work multiple jobs and uh, like do all this like gig economy like sharing stuff because wages haven't grown. So like I, I don't. I don't see how the tax cuts are really going to affect that behavior other than just like these weird one-off um, like marketing costs slash bonuses. I just, I don't get it. Like, like none of like this tax bill, it's is not going to create the dream of like those middle-class jobs that we had in the 1960s or not we, but the Royal we. So something I've been thinking a little bit about is just how, and I feel like I should be knocking on wood constantly while I say this, because we we still have at least three years to go, but I just feel how lucky we are that the economy is doing as well as it is, and that things in the country at large are as good as they are. Like, And what I mean by that is we're not in an 08 recession, we're not in 2001. Like there hasn't been anything disastrous that's happened, because I feel like that's really the only thing that's preventing the, the Trump administration from being like legitimately an outright disaster and something that would really, really harm the country. I mean, imagine imagine Trump becoming president in January two thousand nine. I mean, it it again, it probably wouldn't have happened just for lots of different reasons. But I mean, ima- imagine had that happened. I mean, that would have been. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if you could overstate how bad that would be. No, probably not. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, he does have an easier time because of that. And this administration will take credit for anything 
they possibly can. They can take credit for the sky being blue. It it doesn't matter. They'll they'll do it. Like you, you saw the thing where he took credit for the safest year on record with airplanes. Well, yeah, and we're and we're literally adding jobs at a slower rate than we were a year ago. And a year ago, Trump was constantly complaining about how we should be growing the economy more quickly and the more jobs should be being added. And now with lower numbers, the results are better. I mean, it's just just. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, but I mean, well, you, you've seen the graphs. I mean, you saw the unemployment rate a month into office when Obama took office and then when Trump took office. So the numbers speak for themselves, man. (laughs) I don't know what they're teaching at your West Coast, uh, Holly weird, uh, liberal arts universities. But (laughs) it's the same same one you went to. (laughs) No, no, I went to, no, I'm not going to, nope, nope, nope. Okay. So (laughs) that was uh, the first time we talked about politics in a while and uh, in any depth and probably the last time. Yeah, I am going to give you the option to take this out, but I think it was actually fine. Yeah, I think it, we'll move on. It was fine. Well, we'll and again, and it, and it led right into fucking Tim Cook. Is there a way to can I can I volunteer you to try to use forecast this week and put in album art where Tim Cook is holding the shovel? <laughs> I actually did. I did try to use forecast a couple of episodes ago. I didn't really like it. All right. Well, if you get bored this weekend, feel free. But otherwise, I didn't. I, I didn't try it for. I didn't try it for chapters. But my my biggest thing was that it doesn't let you edit all the metadata that you would want to. Like I, I kind of I like putting in our names in the artist field. I like having the episode number be the song number, uh, and a couple of other things that at least unless I'm missing it, it didn't seem like forecast let you do. Hmm. So anyway, okay. Well, maybe. I can dream. Um, and it would do, it would do a courtesy to our listeners who want to skip the politics. So uh, let's jump into follow-up. Um, actually, let's, 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 let's uh, I've been talking for a bit. Let's, let's, let's bump a uh, Ryan thing up. So you have apparently canceled your pre-order for Model <laughs> 3. Um, not, not quite. Um, you were, you were super amped up for this, this new, uh, fancy pants, uh, uh, snow, not snowmobile, uh, snowboarding, (laughs) (laughs) snowboarding machine. So, okay. So let's give some context here. So shortly before the, uh, Detroit auto show this week, Ford revealed their 2019 Ford edge. So as a reminder, I, I currently have the 2016 Ford edge and the lease on that is up come this summer. And, Ford did a lot of really exciting things with the the new Edge. I mean, the, the headlining thing was they have an ST version now, which is like a even higher end version of their Sport trim. Which I have I have no interest in that. But they've added a lot of really neat tech features. They've added uh, adaptive speed control with full start and stop technology. You know, it, it, Ford's standard adaptive cruise control actually disables itself when you get below, I think it's like 14 miles an hour or something. So it doesn't mm-hmm. support full stop and go. But the the Edge is the second car that Ford's now added that to. Um, it also has lane centering technology, which is, that's that's the big question mark for me. I've heard a lot of mixed things about exactly what that means and exactly how well that works. And from what I can tell, it seems like it varies quite a bit from uh, car manufacturer to car manufacturer. 
And it, I don't think Ford's ever had this before, so this is going to be their first vehicle with it. So I think there's that's my that's my biggest question mark. Um, and then you know I've we've mentioned a few times on the show. You know, I think Sync Three's done a lot of really great stuff. I mean, most recently they've announced Alexa integration. Uh, sorry for everyone's lady in the can I just set off. Um, but they've done a lot of really great things with Sync Three, and I think that platform continues to evolve in a really interesting way. Um, and you know, on top of that, I like I do really like my Ford Edge. I like the size. I like that it has all-wheel drive. Um, there's a lot of things about it that I like, which you know, I've I, I think I've mentioned before that like my, my concerns with the Model Three are the fact that it's a sedan, so it's a significantly smaller car than what I have now, and I, I've I've always been more of a SUV type of person. Um, you know, I think Tesla's software, I mean, obviously on the driving side with, with autopilot, it's, it's really strong, but I think what I've read with media support, um, like there isn't the sync three equivalent for Tesla. And so that, that's always given me a little bit of pause. Uh, what's that? There is. What's that? Uh, it already exists. You could, you could buy it today. You buy Model X. That is oh, their, their oh, Ford Edge. Um, well, okay. Well, I know I I was speaking specifically to the Sync Three piece. Like I think Tesla's software is oh, uh, it's garbage. Yeah. Or sorry, um, the, the, anything that's not related to the driving part, like the, the yeah, car yeah. interface is fine, but like just their infotainment or whatever you that's want to call that, it that's is... that's what I'm yeah that, that's oh. what I'm ta- that's what I'm talking about. Oh um, yeah. And like another thing I I didn't mention about Sync Three was that they just announced. Waze support, which I mean, I know you're not a big Waze guy, but I, I definitely am. And so having Waze right in the dash, like the, like any car with Sync 3 now is going to support, I think is really interesting. So there's just, there's a lot to like about the edge. And I think, especially if lane centering kind of works the way I would hope for it to, where it becomes, you know, almost an autonomous vehicle on the freeway would Can be... I, uh- so can I ask why that's some, not that it's wrong, but like why that's an important feature to you or why you think that's such an interesting feature? So, you know, we're, you know, we're, I don't, we're not getting too personal here, but you know, I mean, I think that there's going to come a day here where I won't live in San Francisco anymore and we'll be, you know, driving into the city or, or having some type of commute now with a car. And as anyone who's been around or lives in the Bay area knows, traffic is pretty awful around here. And so I anticipate when that day comes that I'll be doing a lot of stop and go slash freeway driving. And the the thought of, you know, having the vehicle do most of the heavy lifting in those types of situations, I think will greatly alleviate the stress and frustration that comes from being stuck in traffic. Got it. And so, you know, and that's, that's for me, that's the biggest draw or, you know, it, it has been the biggest draw of the Model 3 because Autopilot handles that type of situation and more. Um, and I, this, the 2019 Ford Edge, I think, seems like it starts to get really close to a lot of what Autopilot does, especially in those stop and go traffic situations. And that's like with Autopilot, I'm, you know, I'm not interested in it in the sense that I just want to climb in my back seat and take a nap while the car drives itself. Like I, I just want, I want autopilot there for those heavy traffic or freeway situations. And again, it's, it kind of seems like Ford is, is closing, closing the gap there. 
and, and, and you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right that in a perfect world, like I would just buy a model X. I mean, that's, that's unquestionably my, my dream car. That's, that's, that's the best of both worlds. It gets me the size. It gets me the all wheel drive, um, funky doors. So we'll see. I, the, the door, I love the doors as a total back to the future slash DeLorean nerd. I, I it's love only those on doors. The back. Yeah, I know, but I, I still, the door you would use would, would be completely unusable <laughs> or would, would be completely in if like you would, yeah. would you just open the, the rear doors just like when you're just like, just, oh, I want to feel this. Yeah. Well, I just, I would, as I was walking towards the car, I would just open and close them. Yeah. Just to see it. Yeah. Or that um, would encourage you to have a child so that you could open the back door. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um so but you know i it's it's it that car is just way way out of my price range and i believe me i've i've attempted many times to try to find ways to justify it or bring the cost down in such a way but it just the math just matches wait have you ever real realistically considered it no 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 but i've i've priced it out just to see if there was like any way to make it somewhat reasonable and there's just there's not but the model s you can kind of do it but with the, you get the small battery, yeah, yeah. With the X, it just it it's 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 an expensive car. Um, so I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the the struggle or the debate really for me between the Model Three and something like this 2019 Ford Edge is the fact that by far and away, my number one feature that I want is the autonomous or semi-autonomous driving. And I, I think, I mean, unless this lane centering technology f- uh, with Ford ends up being something incredible, I, the Tesla clearly um, is stronger in. But there's there's so much else with the the Edge. Again, the size, the all-wheel drive, Sync 3, and all the features around that. You know, and at, at the end of the day, I, th- I think, I, mean, well, I, I don't, they haven't announced what the final price on this new Edge is going to be, but... If you make the assumption that it's comparable to the 2018 models, the price between the Model 3 that um, I would get versus what this Edge would be is pretty similar. And it just, on, on one hand, it kind of feels like I'd be getting more car with the Ford Edge. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, and, and you'd have the pride of, of buying American. Well, in, actually, no, that in, doesn't, that in, doesn't in, count. In both, in both cases, that would be true, yeah. Well, no, but, but I do mean, like, you are you do have some brand loyalty to Ford, don't you? Oh, definitely. It's, You've it's had two or three, only, right? I've had three, yeah. It's the only car only car I've ever bought. Yeah. Um, am, I, so, am, I, am I not recalling correctly? Didn't you have the Michael Scott car? Uh, well, that, yeah, that was my first car, but that was, um, that was a, a hand-me-down from within the family. Got it. Uh, but cars that I've purchased with my own money have all been ford i had a an escape and then i had a fiesta and then i i now have the edge um so anyway i mean obviously like very a very good very first world problem to have but um it is it, i'm i'm I, at this at this point i'm i'm legitimately torn between the two i think there's there's an argument there's an argument both ways does your lady friend have a car uh-huh she does what car she got or sorry what type she has an an suv okay so if you did go model three for a tahoe trip you guys would still be fine yeah exactly and well her suv doesn't have like all-wheel drive um Mm -hmm. but you know we the say the thing about that is too is like i like the idea of all-wheel drive and i like having it but we would 
never go to Tahoe when it was required because we've we've done it a couple times before and it's 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 a miserable experience. I mean, even if you don't have to put on chains, you're I mean, you're stuck in traffic and it's stressful and it's just it's just kind of awful. So mm-hmm. so I the all wheel drive thing, I you know I don't know how much use we would really get out of it because it's just not something we even want to have to use. Um, Got it. So. I don't know. I I'm at this point I'm still I'm still leaning towards following through with the Model 3 reservation, but um it's it's whereas before it was, you know, there was not a doubt in my mind, now there's definitely some doubt. The the other thing with this Ford Edge that I don't love is they've they've adopted this the kind of this a similar grill pat- pattern that they put on the Explorer, this kind of like mesh-looking front grill which I really, really dislike. The The grill that they have now where it's just these straight metal bars is so much nicer looking. And it just, it, it baffles me that they've, that they've migrated towards this, this new look. I really don't like it. Why the 2019 Ford Edge ST could be genuine fun. Uh, I'm trying to find a picture of it. I can't find one. Oh, well. Oh, here, I'll, this'll, this'll be in the notes and I'll, I'll send this to you too, but they, Ford has the on their, their their website. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, they have this on their website now. Just as oh, like yeah. under okay. the future future vehicles. Um, oh yeah, that does look funky. Yeah, I just did, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I know the other th- the other thing with the Model Three, and then we let's, we can get off this topic. But there's there's finally been some um kind of some reviews that have started to come out, or like people's impressions as they've gotten to spend more time with the cars and. You know, this was something that kind of concerned me from day one and um, was kind of confirmed when I got to drive one a couple months ago, although I mean, I was just so excited to be able to do that. I didn't <laughs> wasn't being super critical or anything at the time, um, which is, you know, just the 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 idea that there's no dash and everything's done on this screen, I think, has some disadvantages. Um, you know, one thing we've talked about offline is. The fact that one of the things that I think that Ford does really well is, you know, Sync is obviously a, a touchscreen driven system, but they also, with a lot of the key car controls, have physical buttons. So like climate control, um, ba- basically everything that's related to car control also has a corresponding physical button, which I think is nice. And with the with the Model 3, that is, that is not the case at all. Like Everything is done on that touchscreen. And obviously the touchscreen is not directly in front of you. It's kind of in the center of the car, which I don't know. Is it just is gonna at the very least take some getting used to. Understood. What you drinking tonight? Uh I just have a glass of water tonight. Hmm. Heard a big thud. All right. Oh, that was um that was the the um the dresser here. Or not not dresser, but um little drawer underneath the desk. Uh Mickey. Yes. No, 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 no. We, we, we've, oh, gr- you upgraded. We, yeah. We, um, we bought a, we actually bought a desk on, I think it was just around Craigslist. It was like an antique desk. And mm-hmm. then the, the lady friend restored it. Oh, never mind. You, Sorry. I think you, we talked you, about you've, this. You've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, two other quick related, uh, follow up items on car stuff. So we'll talk about the easy one first. Uh, Lexus and Toyota. Uh, last week we talked about from CES, they said they were embracing um, getting into the uh, Alexa and Google Home or Google 
voice service ecosystems. But apparently they are going to, f- uh, they're ending their cold war with Apple. Fuck, it still happened. <laughs> <laughs> I said it really quietly. Um, uh, they're they're going to support CarPlay, uh, finally, uh, in their automobiles, beginning with the uh, 2019 Toyota Avalon model, which is interesting. Um, do you have anything for that? Well, so Toyota seems to be doing CarPlay the right way, the way that most car manufacturers are going, which is, yeah, good good on them. Um but then BMW seems there we go. to be That's a segue. Yeah. The, they seem to be going the opposite direction where they are also going to start offering CarPlay, but instead of just, you know, paying some type of upgrade fee or having it be incorporated in some technology package that you need to add, they are unlocking CarPlay as a subscription service. Which man, that is ugh. We've We've complained a handful of times on this show about um, kind of the obsession around recurring revenue, but this, I mean, this really seems to be taking it to an extreme. I don't get the outrage over this. Hmm. No, I get the outrage. Sorry, I'm being more more practical, I guess. As someone so, who is so you're, previously you're buying, <laughs> so you're so you're buying into that. Oh well, this is cheaper for people who lease. Kind argument. Of. Okay. Well, no. Not not really that. It's just as somebody who has had one of those cars, like they. Oh, you talk about. Wait, where you? What was the conversation we were talking about? Nickel and diming. Was that was that today or a different day? Well, that's in the the headline of this nine to five Mac article that we're oh, that we're going to link okay. to. All right, maybe I'm just losing my mind, but that's probably. But they are so like if you price out a beam, like literally everything is an extra. And I think when I was looking at a, a car, the last. Uh, purchase cycle I was on. Like getting uh, CarPlay was a $600 add-on, even though it requires very minimal extra hardware. So paying, what is it, $80 a year after the first year? Like that's not that bad. I think people should be angrier or like uh, annoyed with the fact that the upgrade, which again, all, all that's required for CarPlay is a thing so that the phone can over USB gain access to the um gps signal that the car generates and output an mpeg4 video stream so that the navigation screen can relay that that's all carplay is so the fact that they were charging 600 dollars to add this even though you already paid for in bmw language you paid for the technology and the navigation and the driver assistance plus packages so now you can pay an extra 600 dollars to get this too so th- I I don't know of like a, a, if you were considering a, a bmw this this is not the most offensive thing they do. Yeah, and you know the I did not to bring this back to the whole Model 3 Ford Edge thing, but it's kind of another thing like I mean I'm I'm happy that a system like Sync 3 and lots of other manufacturers are now supporting CarPlay and obviously Tesla does not. But I I don't know if I would ever use CarPlay. Like I I literally don't think I would ever use it cuz I'm not I'm not going to use Apple Maps for navigation. I'm I very I very rarely use Apple Music. I am not going to use the default podcast app unless that becomes the only way to listen to podcasts on the Apple Watch, but let's not go down that road again. Um there's just there's really just nothing I would really use CarPlay for. So the fact that a system like Sync 3 has it, like I I could see myself if I do end up going with the Edge, like I could see myself just literally never using CarPlay. 
once you make the switch to pocket casts uh you, you would enjoy it but see i do... think even well but i guess like i where i would maybe challenge that a little bit is that podcasts like or just like i mentioned this before when talking about overcast it's just not a type of application that i interface with a lot like i have my playlist and then i just click play and it goes i don't really have to like mess around with it a bunch so you don't, you don't care what comes up next really and why do but that's i i have my main playlist and overcast and as new episodes download i'll put them in the order that i want to listen to hmm. okay that's that's a level of forethought that i'm not familiar with <laughs> well because you, I, cause I you just have I, that that just super stressful grid view no like, that but uh, ugh, you elitist um <laughs> oh that's that's what makes me an elitist yeah okay <laughs> it's not actually i can't even think it's not it's not your your love of 16 dollar salads and or my or my debate about which you know fifty thousand dollar vehicle i want to buy the model x is not a fifty thousand dollar vehicle no the, the model the model top of the model three and the ford edge is the edge fifty thousand dollars well no i thought it, it started like 32 well but i mean it's like every other car right where well, yeah, you know, the, 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 the $32,000 version, it's like, oh, you wanted the steering wheel? All that. Well, okay, well, that's going to be a little more. Um, yeah. No, it's, I think with the, with the Model 3 and with the, um, the Ford Edge, it, it ends up being low, low 40s, we'll call it. Yeah. Comes in every color as long as you want black. Well, the, the, with, the, yeah, with the Model 3, it's an extra $1,000 for any other color besides black. Which, mm. God damn it, I just I realized when I was... Ugh, I just I realized when I was doing some number crunching the other day I didn't I didn't include that. Uh any anyway, let's let's move on. Wait, what prompted the number crunching? I just when I was sort of like wanting to get a sense of the the price difference between the the Model 3 and a and a kind of a more specked out Ford Edge. What were we talking about? No, or like no, there was one damn it, there was one last thing related to this. Oh yeah, but I was when we were talking about the optioning it up. Again, you're you're basically ugh. I don't like things that nickel and dime you for subscription things, but it's it's basically the same thing. Like if BMW or Ford or whoever, like if the package that was gonna charge you um or that was that was gonna include uh sync, let's say it's eighty dollars a year, you're you're like let's say that's six hundred dollars, like that's seven and a half years. By the time Apple will no longer be in that they will have given all the money back to shareholders and you'll be using a Dell phone. Like it, 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 it doesn't matter at that point. So I don't, I don't get the outrage over that. Like companies do this all the time where they will build in functionality and just find a way to charge the most they possibly can for that feature. So meh. I, I you know, I, I'm not going to be outraged by it, but I just think it's really dumb. And the amount of bad publicity they're getting around this, I find hard to believe that it's worth it. Yeah, BMW doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's right. Um, yeah, it is weird that on BMW is that the turn signals are an optional feature. <laughs> that's the oldest joke in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think they are on uh, Audis too, aren't they? Easy. <laughs> okay. Um, and are they? I they, was there. Did California pass some law where they're exempt from speed limits? Was was that Audi? Am I thinking of that one right? <laughs> that, was kind of, that was kind of a stretch i tried um move move <laughs> no uh moving on um what the hell is i talking okay so yeah oh let's man we're, we're just i think we're only gonna get through follow-up this episode <laughs> maybe cool. maybe Ta- tax taxes and follow-up 
That's yeah. <laughs> that is probably what they're gonna put on John Syracuse's uh, headstone follow up. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who loves John Syracuse, but yeah, uh, copyright John Syracuse is twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Diet Coke, did you see the Diet Coke rebrand thing? I did. I I had actually, as the, the lady friend is a, is a big Diet Coke fan. And um, so I, I had seen this in the news the other day and I, I had sent this to her. And she, what, was her uh, what was her take? She cautiously interested, I think, is the right way to describe how she felt. She was very, very skeptical of these of these new flavors, but is nonetheless interested in trying them which is kind of how i feel a lot of the time with weird drink and food products is i i go into them very skeptically but i'm i'm intrigued by trying them like i would put uh, new oreo flavors into that category as well most of them end up most of them end up being bad but so um, the three immediate follow-up questions (laughs) uh one does she drink and or like coke zero no and she doesn't even like so you know uh, in Europe they they don't sell diet coke they it's called um what's what the heck's it called like coca cola free or something um, <laughs> that's probably shoes that's probably not that's probably not right but um, <laughs> uh, uh, let me tell you euro euro diet coke or what post Brexit Diet Coke? Let's see. <laughs> um, a Coca Cola Light. There we go. Thank you. Um, which is marginally a better name than Coca Cola Free. Um, uh, Coca Cola Freemium. Right. Um, um it, and she does. She doesn't like that either. It's it's made differently than Diet Coke is in the U.S. I I don't I don't really drink soda at all anymore. But um, when I do, it it typically is um Coke Zero. Or uh, Coke, Coke sugar free, as they're calling. Well, that it is now. the thing because yeah, Coke Zero got discontinued last year, so it's now it's basically Coke Zero, but it's got slightly reformulated. I don't know. It, it tastes it tastes the same to me. I, maybe I don't have a very refined Coca Cola palate, but <laughs> <laughs> are they are, how much? How much did they pay you to license your your, your mouth? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh. So I, you know, I so I guess I'm I'm sort of coming into this Diet Coke news without much of a horse in the race because I I actually really don't like Diet Coke. Diet Coke is probably the like even being a kid where I just absolutely freaking loved soda and would just that would be like the only thing I would drink if if I could. But thank God my parents were <laughs> good parents and didn't allow me to do that. Uh, um, but Diet Coke has always been that one thing that I just I do not like. It's just, oh, it just does not taste good to me at all. Um, but with that being said, I'm I'm interested in these other flavors. Yeah. Oh, okay. So sorry. Question two of three. Um, are you, so you're completely on board with those wacky one-off Cable Sasser Oreo flavors? Oh yeah. Like, no, like I, what? What do Oreo... they have to do to like in the in in the Safeway as you're walking by? Like, it, what what what? Checkboxes do they have to tick for you to go buy the the red velvet Oreos or whatever the the weird thing of the week is? If it's a if it's a flavor I've never had before, that's wasn't there the, one that was like Dunkin' Donuts or there was oh that was that was a good one that was a really ew. good one yeah ew. Mm-hmm. that was one of my that was one of my favorite um, unique flavor ones. It's combining like two of my favorite things. Uh, so I think we've covered it. Oh, we've covered everything. Um, are you a potato chip person? 
Oh yeah, definitely. So do you take part in, in the, uh, Lay's, uh, do us a flavor thing, (laughs) which bravo to whoever thought up that name. So I, yes, I, I've participated that in that in the past. I have not in more recent years, um, but not, not out of some like moral, um, reprehension against them or anything, but rather just because some of the newer flavors just haven't sounded very good. Uh, instant real-time follow-up. Ew, gross. So apparently that contest is, or that whole thing is over now. And the worst flavor won. Which one was that? Crispy taco. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down with that. I bought one of those on a whim and I'm like, this probably be gross. And guess what? It was super gross. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Um, so apparently, yeah, that's over with. So that's, that's easy. Um, Oreo thins, yay or nay? I mean, sure. I mean, Oreo in any shape or size is going to be good, but given the choice, I would prefer a regular Oreo. Double stuff Oreo. I think same same response. Any mm. any sized Oreo is fine, but I would prefer just the regular size. The correct answer is only plain regular size Oreos dunked in milk with a spoon for eight seconds. I mean, yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, I haven't done, I haven't eaten an Oreo with that method since I was like 11, but, <laughs> but I mean, that's, it's fine. I, as a kid, I loved it. And you, then you drink the milk at the end. It's got all the little Oreo bits in it. It's, it's great, well, but. So wait, do you just eat Oreos just plain? Cause it's like, you're eating like it's granola or like a, a scone. Like, yeah, we actually, eat? so we, we put them in the freezer. So that's a pro tip. How is that? A, wait, what? Yeah. No, but I'm, how is that a pro? Because so I you think just it, eat Oreos standalone. Oh yeah, definitely. How many at a time? Uh, you know, try to keep it to two or three. Uh, okay. Was is that is that the wrong number? No, I just that's it. They're just so dry and weird, just alone though. Eh, I'd say hmm. I don't. I don't agree with that. Okay. What are we talking? Lacroix. <laughs> but I don't. Oh, that's no, not, no, wait. That's not what we were talking about. No, that's what we're about to. Okay. So yeah, so that's the whole thing. So and that's that. Sorry, that was my third follow up question. God damn. Is, <laughs> I, I I assume if I think there have been you, more than three follow up questions, but okay. no, no, I'm still on the third one. Okay. The, the lace thing was a, three. You're on three C now. Basically, <laughs> um, if one of us was ever in a criminal enterprise, I I really hope there's like some FBI person like mapping this out, like kind of like you know like a like a, like a you know like Glenn Beck used to do. I, I, can't, to I, can't, I, I can't say I'm very familiar with his work, no. Or like the whole thing when they do the, like the thing with the string where like they're just looking for links between things like in every like serial killer movie. I, I want them somebody to try to map out one of these episodes where <laughs> they just lose their mind. Um, yeah, this would not be the one to try. Yeah, Tim Cook with a shovel. So, <laughs> the th- so yeah, question 3C. The three other flavors related to – hold on, let me pull this up. Washington Post. Uh, the the four, four other flavors, excuse me. Yeah. So, yes, the beleaguered Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there's, th- there's four other flavors. So, there's regular Diet Coke, of which they've totally redesigned the cans, which I don't mind. But, like, wasn't that Coke's whole thing where they had, like, the swirly, like, with the wavy can? This looks super plain and boring. But there's four other flavors now. There's ginger lime, twisted mango, zesty blood orange, and feisty cherry. <laughs> Which these are, t- God. and then there's there was a good quote in this article. Hold on. So there's, 
Uh, apparently, uh, uh, Rafael Acevedo, of a director for Coca-Cola North America, uh, we're modernizing what has made Diet Coke so special for a new generation. Millennials are now thirstier than ever for adventure and new experiences. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, ed- editorial note. And we want to be right <laughs> by their side. What's the th- you've you've seen Thirty Rock, right? Oh yeah. You know the thing when they have what's that guy's name? The character actor he was in uh, he's in Boardwalk Empire. Steve Buscemi. Oh, and he's yeah. the, doing the thing where it's uh, hey young kids or right, yeah, 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 yeah. like <laughs> young people. Uh, yeah, millennials are thirstier than ever. Don't disagree because apparently I learned on Urban Dictionary what that meant, but um. Yeah, they're all about fun adventures and new experiences. Who is who is doing this? I do also really appreciate the um, editorial here in this Washington Post article, where um, when describing the slim can design, uh, they describe it as being so Instagrammable. Some executives surely thought, <laughs> which which I appreciate. Yeah, so do it for the gram. So you so of of these new flavors. Which is the one? I mean, I don't, I don't expect you to want to try any of these, but if 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 you had to try one of these, what would it be? My my money's on like you seem, you definitely seem like a feisty cherry kind of guy to me. Absolutely not, I, and I'm offended by the <laughs> the, the, the 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 supposition or whatever the word is. Um, so that no, that's that's question three C. So are I, th- I, thought, I thought we did question three C. No, uh, the question three C was no, that was now. no. Ugh. Not 3D as in the like the failed movie technology, but like question no, three. No, it's, it's not a failed movie technology. It's a failed consumer at home TV technology. Yeah, they did it in theaters too. No, it's still there. That's the problem. Well, yeah. Yeah, taking up valuable screens. Uh-huh. Oh, did I tell you I signed up for MoviePass? Hold on. Oh, okay, we, we should, we should the, the tongue, tongue, <laughs> like we joke about this all the time, but let's let's legitimately come back to that. One of us needs a text document open because I don't. <laughs> Question three C part two. No, my whole question originally was so of these. So apparently, there's five flavors of Diet Coke now, allegedly. So are four of the what do you, five? What do you mean allegedly? Like, is this is this is this not? Or I mean, like like quote unquote? No, I mean like quote unquote Diet Coke. Because oh, the thing okay. is, I don't think the rest of these are. Okay. So like the four of the five, like the new flavors, are those? Are they basically just sparkling water like Lacroix? Like, do they have like what is it called? Like aspartame? Like are these? Is this just sparkling water? Um, no, I. Um, because it I looks don't... like really like like this is basically like Red Bull can Lacroix, which which is fine. But like, is that's not really Coke, which which is which is also fine. But I guess I guess mm-hmm. I don't. I guess I'm. This article doesn't explicitly um, answer your question, but my assumption is that this is the these other four flavors are diet coke but you what, take... what color do you think they are like if you're to pour one of these out do you think it's like hmm, coke that's like a... blackish brown that's a good question i i think this is sparkling water man maybe i i to be honest i would i would be definitely i'd be more into these if that's what they are well but that's the thing so so again like this is like millennials that thing or like those of that group like they they don't drink soda anymore and like that's what coke is losing there because they're all about the energy drinks and they're all about the Lacroix and the sparkling water because they they don't want the the fake sugar anymore 
so that's what this whole thing is about because like it's either like super old people that drink diet coke or nobody else so like that's what this is about so like does this move the needle for people like why would do people have like an extensible positive affinity to coca-cola where they're just gonna do this because diet coke is actually just off-brand Lacroix. I, I, I don't i don't i don't have a good answer to that yeah to their credit they did not do a coconut flavor so that's oh. that's 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 keeping yeah. it 100 yeah they could have done a nice little word pun there too with coconut Diet, oh, diet, diet cola. No, yeah, that, yeah, that would have worked. Um, yeah. I, 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 I will, I will, I fully intend on on trying these. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm interested. I'll, I'll report back. I think, I think it's brand dilution, though, because here's the thing. Like, um, because like I think I've slightly evolved past Lacroix so far because um, uh, Target has their in-house brand called Simply Balanced, and I actually prefer those not because it's because it's cheaper because it's barely cheaper but it is uh, but like it's it, it has it in the same like red bull style cans and the thing is like um pepsi actually who owns dasani it's pepsi right i i think so yeah they actually wait what this makes hold on this makes no sense now okay well i'm blowing this whole thing wide open dasani is a brand of bottled water from the coca-cola company launched in 1999 so dasani already has knockoff Lacroix uh in almost these exact same flavors. So then what is the point of this? They're competing against themselves. I uh, it, it, perhaps it's just a marketing thing. I think that, hmm. that that can't be ruled out. Okay. Um God just not to not to bring this back to politics, but the, oh, the, oh, the first mean, the, the Coke button that the president has? What? The, the, the first the first line of this Washington Post article which reminds us that Trump reportedly drinks 12 Diet Cokes a day. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Ugh. Also, uh, I don't know, because, you know, with, with all the web targeting and all the, the sketchy Googleness, uh, on the right side of my version of this article on the Washington Post, uh, there's a video segment uh, called How to Adult. Hmm. And it's saying how to buy a car, how to start a 401k, how to throw a dinner party. I would love to know how to do that. I saw a coffee mug in a store the other day that said, adulting is hard. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But see, yeah. for you and me, it's easy, because we've been adults since we were, like, 12. So. No, I've been, <laughs> I've been an adult since uh, age seven, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's mainly because we didn't uh, have Nickelodeon until I figured out how to work the VCR. <laughs> um let's let's move on because oh god all right so uh apple stuff uh, in terms of follow-up we don't think we covered this last week um oh my god are we tra- we're still in follow-up <laughs> you should you should try listening to at we are never getting through this yeah. you should try to listen to atp because that is the uh everybody who's not john that's their complaint it's like an hour and 20 in they're still on follow-up <laughs> and like, there's like literally the four minutes of new business every episode and which it's, it's, which then leads to another ninety minutes of follow up. The yeah, following it's pretty episode. good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so transmit for iOS from Panic uh, is apparently getting uh, discontinued because it just was not a sustainable app um, inside the iOS App Store, which is kind of a bummer because uh, transmit is an app I love on on OS ten. I bought it for iOS and you know like I mean like just based on what I do, it's it's less useful there. 
But this is kind of a big loss for professional level applications on iOS because Panic did it the right way. Like they they didn't just make some watered down version of the app. Like they they put their whole ass into it. And like they I mean, they they tried and they not that they failed, but like just the market was not there. And I think that overall is kind of really telling about this whole iPad slash iOS as productivity tool thing and kind of how Apple is stewarding the pro app market and whether or not that's actually sustainable. And if you can get stuff um, to make money, that's not like either like sack of coins for your weird freemium game or like $2 apps. Because like good quality software, like Apple can uh, produce GarageBand and all that kind of crap. Like that, like they can make those apps because that's a, <laughs> that's the theme of this episode. That's a marketing expense for them. But other companies that that is their whole living can't afford to do that. And Panic tried and did it the right way, and it didn't happen. Well, so let me ask you: um, What do you use Transmit for? So I find it really, really easy to interact with uh, Amazon S3. Um, you can mm. hook up, you can hook, so that's really good because the, the web interface, I mean, just because S3 is not a product that's made for the web, even though they have like a file browser there. So that's really good. Um, it also allows you to interface with Dropbox and I, your immediate question would be, why would you do that? You have Dropbox already installed on your computer and it's a native folder on the computer. But um, you can also, if you use selective syncing, like let's say you have a one terabyte Dropbox Pro account and you want to maybe store some backup files on Dropbox, but you don't actually want to sync them or use the web uploader, uh, Transmit allows you to do that. You can access Backblaze B2 through Transmit. You could do FTP. So Transmit is actually super powerful and really, really useful. Hmm, okay. So yeah, yeah so on Mac, so uh, early Chef Special, yeah, Transmit is, I've been using it for like 15 years. It It, it is amazing. Yeah, really good. So yeah, so it's a, it's a bummer. They they tried and it just didn't work. Um, and yeah, just like kind of like as Apple keeps trying to spin the narrative that the, yeah the iOS is the future of computing or or whatever. Because again, it it's it's whenever it suits them, iOS is the new frontier. And whenever they're releasing something new on the Mac side, that's oh we still care about the Mac. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean the the economics of the ios store i think continue to be something that it's i i feel like it's it is a problem but i just it just doesn't feel like it's a one that has any sort of solution like i just I just, I just don't know what you do what do, what do you do about that free trials like there well, need to be like yeah. even though they've like because they've done this weird thing where like some people are trying to do um like the app is free, but for a pro app, everything's an in-app purchase, which I think is kind of weird and lame. Like just like there's so much iOS software, even on my iPhone that I would pay a hell of a lot more for if I could try it for two days. Like, and we'll, and we'll actually, we'll talk about care weather in just a second where I wish there was a trial version of that. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's so much stuff where like, it's just, yeah, like I'm, I'm like, I was willing to pay $45 for transmit on, um, uh, OS 10 because I was able to try it and make sure that it was what was right for me. And it is totally worth that amount of money. But if it was just like a Mac app store thing where there's no way in hell I could have actually tried it, like I would have been super, uh, like hesitant to buy it. So I, I don't know. They, they, they got to figure something out because they've shown that they're reinvesting in the iPad and they think that's a legitimate use case for it. So they need to figure something out to help their developers. 
So are you still living carrot weather? Yeah, I, I like it a lot, but it sounds like you do not share that sentiment. It's fine. I just don't like it. Yeah, and, and I appreciate the recommendation, but I just I I'm not somebody who likes hourly forecasts. I don't get a lot of value from them. So it it just um every other part of it I don't like. Hmm. So okay. I mean I I find myself not interacting with the app all that much, but interface with it mostly through my watch, which I, I get that you're not really a big weather on your watch guy, but I, I, I do really like that a lot. And this is by far and away the, the best solution for that. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think Jason and Mike have really pushed on, um, or leaned into. Um, so yeah, for that, it sounds like it's great. And the, the, the variety of data sources and all that kind of stuff sounds, sounds awesome. But the actual like iOS app for me is kind of, I I'm back on weather underground. So, but it was, it was, again, that's the thing. If, if it was $10 with a trial would be cool, but since it was five bucks, it's just, eh, whatever. It was, it was a cup of coffee and now I've got a, a sassy app I can download at any time if I feel the need. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah, let's, do you, do you want to try a couple of main things? Sure. Since we've escaped follow up. Did you watch the Letterman, uh, Barack Obama interview? I have not, but it's, it's really high up on my list of things I want to do. Okay, then we'll table this. Yeah, because it's it's very worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, it's so good. It's it's it's. Isn't it? Is it in 4K? That was the thing I was gonna I was gonna send to you. I was gonna be like, oh, Barack looks good in 4K. Okay, yeah, well, looks I think, healthy. I think all pretty much all original Netflix programming now is 4K. I think, which is nice. I think in a, even a lot of the stuff that they've acquired from other networks, they're getting 4K transfers. Which is oh, really? Good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, so watch it. Um, yeah, it's, it's just very relieving. I know, I know it's, it's probably like a Stockholm syndrome thing where you're like, you just don't know any other life, but, um, insanity in government, but yeah, it's just, it's pretty good. All right. Um, there was this article that Daring Fireball linked to and got a little bit of traction that I think was probably pretty interesting. That was, um, kind of an observation after CES ended about how Apple, even though they never participated in CES, kind of everything, like just so much of the show floor, just kind of the stuff that was there revolved around the iOS and Apple ecosystems. And that somebody like this, this I forget who it was because I don't have the link to the article, but their observation about this year's CES is that that's kind of faded away and even though they don't participate, like their kind of oh, their looming um, influence over the show isn't really there, and that a lot of the floor space and kind of the integrations and like ecosystem action was actually related to to Google and Amazon stuff. So this is so the link in the notes will be, uh, or the link will be in the notes rather. This is from uh, Ben Bargerin. Um Sorry if I'm not pronouncing that name correctly but um yeah i mean i think it's a it's a potentially interesting premise i mean i think it's it's sort of built on the idea that voice assistants and sort of specifically these like lady in a can type devices are the direction of where everything's going and i think i think if that's true if that is sort of the 
I don't know if successor to the smartphone is is that that might be a little more dramatic than what I'm trying to get at. But like if if at the very least, if this is like the next major product category um, that maybe is even like second to only the smartphone, I think that's a big deal that Apple doesn't really have much of a presence there. So I think it, it's less about it's less about Apple not having any, even an indirect presence at like CES itself. I think it, it's it's more about it does feel like Apple's maybe missing the boat on a hugely important product category. I think that's probably fair, but, but yes, but also kind of, it's just like, even though like the term halo effect has always almost explicitly referred to, I think it was originally like that the iPod would then lead people to buy other Apple stuff. I think that kind of applies to just the whole entire like consumer electronic ecosystem where just everything was, uh, works with the iPhone, or this is a thing that plugs into the dock connector, and this this is a Bose sound link that is made for your iPhone. And this every everything like that that you want or potentially would buy from this trade show is something that requires you to have an Apple product. And now it's it's the Bose headphones that have um, that have a Google Assistant built in, or the this this car this thing um, has the Amazon family of voice assistant products so i don't know i like yeah i think i think it is pretty interesting and again it goes back to that um mg siegler thing from a couple of weeks ago where he is just it really feels like not just that the home pod is late or isn't maybe what people want at the time it just feels like what seems like probably a pretty important way that we will be computing or interacting with some type of connected service. It seems like Apple's probably not going to end up playing in that space unless they have like some uh, ace up their sleeve to call back to an old episode. But it does. It just doesn't feel like that is actually the case. It just feels like they have like this weird expensive speaker that they want people to buy, and they hope that the iPhone stays relevant. Which I mean, we're always going to need smartphones, and it will. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh... I'm I'm really torn about whether this is a big deal or not for Apple. Like I, I think there's there's good arguments sort of both ways, and I I really don't I really don't know which way I'm leaning on this. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, I still think like it's super early days in the yeah, voice yeah, assistant yeah. thing. Right. Like I don't think it's quite. You know, well, tell me if this analogy is totally wrong. Is this like the Palm OS Windows Mobile type situation before the iPhone? Or do you think um, the Echo is probably the first iPhone? Hmm. That's an interesting, that's an interesting way to phrase it. Um, oh, man, that, that, that's super interesting. I, I tend to think the former. Do you think Apple is a company that brings us the iPhone or this type of product? No. Or do you think it's a second generation? Like, do, do you, yeah. No, I don't I don't think I don't think it's Apple. I just I I think we like with like Apple prior to the iPhone was making good computers. So they were, you know, they were laying the foundation for something like the iPhone. I, I continue to be someone who thinks Siri is just an abomination. And so I, I don't think I don't think they've laid the groundwork for making a lady in a can like product. Yeah. Probably true. Maybe some of the 20,000 employees the tax cut's going to hire will solve this. So Facebook is getting out of the news business. Um, 
do you care or do you, do you think this is influential like because ashley do you still use facebook as much as you think you used to no i don't do you think part of that is because facebook became less personal because it was just all oh, uh, visit my farm or look at this story from think progress or like or just like stuff like where it's just it was maybe friend post news a uh, news article news article ad ad stuff like that um no i think for me it was less of that and more almost like the same category that video games fall into for me where just as i've gotten older and have spent my time doing other things i just have less time for stuff like just kind of aimlessly browsing around on a social media website so i think it was it, like my my um decrease in use on facebook i think is just part of my overall um decrease in usage of social media like compared to college or or sometime thereabout sure um i think but i mean to answer your original question i mean i, I do think that this is potentially interesting i mean it's 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 sort of vague as to what exactly facebook's going to do so i think it we'll have to see what the actual details are of this before really giving a strong opinion one way or the other but i do like the general approach um and it's kind of one of those things where it's I mean, I guess there probably was like a moment where Facebook started posting news to your to your news feed, but it, it it's it's like it it almost seems like it just sort of like slowly happened over time, where Facebook became less and less about posts from your friends and more about just like random stuff from the internet. And it's just like yeah, it's one of those things that sort of just like happened, and then all of a sudden now Facebook was something totally different without you even kind of like realizing it. Yeah. So overall, do you think better or worse? I, th I think probably better. I think. And if you're being super reductive, like if you're just being like, do you, do you think this is because maybe they thought the fake news problem is too hard to solve? Or do you think if they wanted to invest the resources, they could have fixed it? Hmm. I, I, that, I don't know. I don't. That's a hard question for me to answer. Okay. What, what, what do you think? I think it's a little bit of both, probably. I don't know. Because, yeah, I, I, I rarely ever use Facebook. Like, I, I enjoy Instagram and stuff like that because that's it. There, there is no news content on it whatsoever. There's, like, the occasional New Yorker political cartoon, but there's there's very little other stuff on it. So yeah, like I don't know, every time I, the once every two weeks I open Facebook, it's, uh, yeah, there's an article from 538 in here, and then there's just, uh, just random crap, and they keep rearranging the tabs. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I don't think current Facebook is that engaging, but that might also be that I've just outgrown it. I think maybe there's a thing where Facebook is important if you're 17 to 26, and it's important if you're 49 to everything else. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Good luck to him. Please don't mess. Please don't mess up Instagram. Because <laughs> they've—that's th one property that they still haven't managed to screw up, and it's one one place I actually don't mind seeing ads. Yeah, I I, I think I, for the most part I agree. I mean, the the volume of ads has definitely gone up quite a bit, especially on the uh, Instagram story side. But mm -hmm. but yeah, no, I, I think I I think I mostly agree with that. 
Yeah. And they're usually fairly, at least visually, interesting ads. Where And they're generally not super way off. It's not like showing me like weird, I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very tailored. All right. Do you want to jump? Uh, we're running long. Do you want to parking lot a whole bunch of this and just jump to stuff specials? Or is there anything that jumps out at you? Um, I guess we can um, take a quick browse. Oh, I, I know something I wanted to do. And I guess it may be if this is a super long topic, we can... Um, oh, I guess you've already, you've already put defer with your camera topic. Oh yeah. That's that I think that's going to be a lengthy one because that's, that's okay. Yeah. We, we can, we can hold on to that, but I, I do really want to, um, come back to your, uh, to your camera. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, I think the rest of this stuff isn't super time sensitive. So maybe in the, uh, interest of time, we go to, uh, to a chef special. Yeah, I will tease that I that I am going to go to war with the Square Squarespace Corporation. <laughs> people people can ruminate on that. I'm pissed. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I since since I I've I moved our show to Fireside and um haven't really interacted with um Squarespace much since uh since then. Yeah. Do you have a personal website? I think you own your own domain name, but you don't actually have a website, right? No. I yeah, I own my domain, but I haven't really um done anything with it got it okay what you got for me this week so i've got one that's not not going to uh, appeal to you i don't think um but and i and i'm certainly not i i'm i'm late to the party if anything on this but i think it's just a it's a neat little thing um it's called hq have you heard of this is that is this that trivia game yeah yeah we um we got into this over the holiday break. Um, we were um, just hanging out with some friends around New Year's time, and they they were into it. And it was the first time that uh, the lady friend and I tried it. And it's 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 neat. It, it, I don't know. There's there's something there's something about that kind of social gathering aspect to it. Um, you know, you just have to go into it with like you know just just for fun like you you don't don't take it super seriously um it's it's just it's an it's a neat little thing i mean it's got a ton of technical problems um it's so that they they kind of need to iron some of that stuff out but when it works it's it's a lot of fun again especially when you're like with a group of people um yeah i I think it's a neat little thing and it, it you know it only takes it happens twice a day even if you make it all the way um, you know, it, it only lasts maybe about 10 minutes or so. So it's not a big time suck or anything. Um, it's a, it's a neat, it's a neat little thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard really positive things about it. Like, like I know, like they're probably having trouble scaling. Um, but yeah, people seem to think it's frivolous is the wrong word, but it's kind of like carefree fun for, uh, millennial types. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not trying to anxiously win the two thousand dollar prize to get closer to your Model X. <laughs> I mean, you you end up because you you split the prize with everyone else who wins. So most of the time, people end up winning between anywhere from like thirty to a hundred dollars. So it's not uh, it's not Model Three money. Uh, there, I'll submit you. I'll send you a link in Slack later. But there's a good article where the CEO of HQ Trivia went a little nuts. Oh after yeah, tried to talk. I, oh, you saw that? I I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's kind. Of, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ridiculousness. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I have one, and this is going to be a. Uh, you'll appreciate uh, a hashtag. Ryan was right. 
Oh, that doesn't happen very often. Hashtag Ryan was right, uh, dash overtime. So, streaks. Oh, yeah. We, I, when did they introduce the fact that you can have more than six items? Um, I, I'm like 99% sure I reintroduced that as a chef special or at the very least brought it up as a topic on the show because they added that they added the ability to have like negative items yeah um they added a bunch of stuff to it yeah no you totally made it into the chef special but um yeah like i didn't know they because yeah that that is the thing negative negative items and also uh the fact that you don't have two pages before i could have sworn the last time you reintroduced it uh it was still limited to six which Presently, I have eight things I, that I want to achieve, mm-hmm. and yeah, that that was a huge bummer. But now, whatever redesign they've done is fantastic. It's super extensible. You can change the colors and that kind of stuff. Um, I enjoy how closely integrated it's it is to the activity and health application. Like I have, because um, I always had like a vague goal of like, oh, go go work out for thirty minutes or do some some stuff like that. But now I've just put like you know, close your activity rings. And it pulls all that stuff directly from the activity app and and does it beautifully. And then you can also, oh, thank God. Uh, it's one of those apps that's, it's like a trend now where you can change what the home screen icon looks like. Right. Which is so nice. I don't know. Yeah, you were totally right about this. Yeah, Momentum hasn't been updated in like a year and a half. And it, it was it was getting kind of difficult to use. So, you know, I don't know. I'm all on board the streaks train. Yeah, and the other nice thing they've done, this has actually been subsequent to the big update they put out with adding uh, the ability to have more than six activities and the negative activities thing. Um, the Apple Watch app, even around that time, was was pretty shaky, which was super disappointing because I think it's a really, really nice complication. It, it's one of the complications that I regularly use. But in the updates since that time, the Apple Watch app has become just absolutely rock solid um, and works even like when I'm um, like on a run or something and just using the cellular piece of my Apple watch, I can, you know, mark the exercise task complete. And that syncs, uh, that syncs to my phone by the time I get back to the apartment. So yeah, hey, it, cool. it's, it's a, it's a really, really nice uh, Apple watch app as well. Do you keep notifications on for any of it? No. Okay. Because yeah, when when I first set it up, it is super aggressive on telling you you haven't done stuff. So the well, the only I mean, I guess technically in iOS, the badge counter counts as a notification, mm-hmm. but that that's the only part of it I have enabled. Got it. And I find that to be so it's it's nice because the Apple Watch complication, you know, has the little dots, and then they get filled in as you complete things throughout the day. So that's a nice little constant reminder. And then I think the badge um, icon on the um, iOS app also is a good little uh, motivating piece, you know, throughout the day. You know, that can also help you with if you turn that on for OmniFocus. <laughs> Omni OmniFocus and Streaks are the only two apps that I allow the uh, badge counter on. Yeah, or you should leave more stuff, uh, let more stuff go past due in OmniFocus. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's good. No, nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> It'll shave the worst ears off your life. <laughs> 